0: Honest 15.
1: Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck.
2: Intensity is not a perfume. Oh
0: my
1: goodness. Five,
2: four,
0: three, two, one. Welcome into the Mass in All Access podcast presented by Northern Virginia Community College. Nova makes college better. Learn more at boldlynova.com. Com. Welcome into the and Web Studio. Bobby Blanco and Amy Jennings joining you live. Hopefully you're tuning in on the Masson Nationals Facebook page or YouTube channel. Or you're checking us out after the fact on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you get podcasts. You can listen to us wherever you go on the and All Access Podcast. I want to give a big shout out and round of applause for Amy Jennings, who today... Or, I guess, yes, it was Monday. Marks her first day as a full time employee here at Mass and All Access. We
2: made it, guys. We made it. We made made it. it
0: After what, three, four years? years, Three years as a part timer, doing some part time work for us. Great work all the time, just part time. Now, full time, joining the staff. We'll be doing a lot of coverage with me um both on mass and all access on mass and all access podcast you'll see her on Nat's extra pregame show you'll see her at nats park you'll see her at the minor league stadiums um along with me over the next couple of years hopefully so yeah. looking forward to uh, a long-term partnership with you amy and congratulations thanks
2: bobby i'm excited baseball all the time
0: baseball all the time I can't ask
2: for more and bobby all the time what more could you ask for
0: you can probably stop at baseball and you'd be fine. You might get sick of me. Don't don't get sick of me too early on in uh, your tenure here as a full-time employee. So excited to have her on full-time at Amy Jennings News. Be sure to give her a follow on Twitter because now it'll be all Nats all the time uh, for her. And, uh, yeah, like I said, you'll see her on the ballpark, minor league stadiums, on TV, on our digital platform, social media platform. So we're really excited to have Amy here full-time um, for our first podcast as you're a full-time employee. We've got a jam-packed episode much like the Nationals had to jam-pack their roster, as the roster mm-hmm. uh, size shrunk down to 26 players on Monday before they start a series out in Denver against the Rockies, continuing this West Coast road trip. Um, we'll have to talk about uh, Luis Garcia is going to be our main focus this today, because last week we focused on Patrick Corbin, already at the Major League level. We kind of touched on it, um, but Luis Garcia raking at Rochester. When will he, we see him come up uh, to the Major League level? Because... Uh, I'll see this Escobar and Lucius Fox are sort of struggling at the shortstop position. Um, and then we'll have an interview with Kyle Glacier of Baseball America, a uh, national writer who covers the minor leagues and the, the nation's top prospects. We'll ask him about Luis Garcia. We'll ask him about, of course, Cade Cavalli, Cole Henry, Brady House, some of the nationals' top prospects that I know you nationals fans are interested in. So stay tuned for that interview coming up in just a bit. But first, Amy, some quick housekeeping notes. Ryan Zimmerman on Instagram. Very famous for not being on any sort of social (laughs) media. It was just his wife, Heather. He joins Instagram over the weekend. He had his number 11 retired uh, at UVA. Uh, at Ryan Zimmerman, one word on Instagram, already verified, posting a couple of stuff already. So go follow Mr. National on Instagram. It's cool to see Ryan join the social media ranks.
2: Isn't it crazy, like how relevant social media is yeah. in 2022? I mean, if you don't have Instagram, it's kind of like, especially professional athletes, it's kind of like crazy. Um, and I remember people would always like tweet stuff at Heather, and she'd be like, "Oh, I'll share this with Ryan," or um, you know, stuff like that. So exciting to see him break into the social media world and then of course having his uh, number retired at uva over the weekend so good stuff from ryan zimmerman always going to stay relevant in nationals news i think
0: yeah of course and he had his number retired at uva down in charlottesville over the weekend he'll have his number 11 retired on south capitol street at nats park june 17th and 18th is ryan zimmerman weekend so be sure to get your tickets now apparently there's also this big concert going on on the national mall i think it's pharrell's
2: concert that was Did just you see announced. that? Yeah, my yeah. mom told me about it, and it was Pharrell's putting it on yep. because they said that there aren't enough like big concerts or festivals. I mean, it's like kind of like a festival. There's a ton of artists that are going to be Huge headlines.
0: Like, Dave Matthews Band is one of them, who mm-hmm. I think is kind of funny enough, but I think Ryan is a pretty big fan of, if I recall. I am a huge really? fan oh, of Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. But, that was my but first concert. Is, really, Dave? Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's sweet. But I think... Um, it's kind of funny, that that's going to be that Friday night. So it's got a jam-packed weekend in D.C. You can go to the night game oh, against awesome. the Phillies. That's actually even a doubleheader, so you can go to the first game at 1 o'clock on that Friday, go to the concert at night, come back on Saturday, watch Zimmerman get his number retired. Fun weekend in D.C. coming up in mid-June, so be sure to get your tickets now and look out for more details coming from the Nationals um, over the next coming weeks. All right, to the roster. We mentioned last week that the size had to be shrunk down from 28 to 26 players starting on May 2nd, which was Monday. Um, This has to do after, of course, uh, the shortened spring training where rosters were allowed to be up to 28 players, now going down to 26. Teams are allowed to keep up to 14 pitchers before it was only 13. Um, And to make room on that roster, the Nationals optioned Sam Clay and Francisco Perez back down to Triple-A Rochester. Two guys that we thought kind of last week when we were looking at this roster that could be on their way back out down to Triple-A. Um, those are all the two moves, leaving Josh Rogers as the only lefty in the Nats bullpen.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, this is... yeah. Two of the more odd man's out because now the Nationals, I mean, they've needed their bullpen to pitch over 100 innings. I think just one of four teams who have needed their bullpen to pitch so many innings and they're looking for these guys to keep there that can pitch multiple innings. And these are two guys that really couldn't. They've each made five appearances out of the bullpen this year. Clay finished with an ERA over 11 and Perez really just couldn't throw strikes in his outings. So they both have options. So it kind of makes it an easy move for the Nationals, but that does leave Josh Rogers as the lone lefty in this bullpen. The good thing about Josh Rogers, though, is like I mentioned, the emphasis on guys who can pitch a lot of innings. Josh Rogers is going to be one of those long arms out of the bullpen.
0: And some good news on the lefty front of a bullpen arm. Uh, Sean Doolittle, I I believe David Martinez said over the weekend that he's been able to start doing some light workouts, some light tossing, not throwing off a mound quite yet, but getting there. And once he's able to get that... Uh, to that point, they will send him down to Florida to start getting some innings and make then go on uh, to a rehab assignment for some minor league teams over the course. So he hopefully is not too far away. Mm-hmm. He'll join Josh Rogers as a lefty in that bullpen. Um, we talked about last week a little bit. Where does Rogers fit in this rotation? We now know he's going to stick into the bullpen right now as Aaron Sanchez has taken over that for the starters' role for Davy Martinez. Rogers told Davy like, "Hey, I'll close if you need to. If you need me to, he hasn't. He's pitching the ninth already. He wasn't in a save situation but he has that kind of late game experience already it's soon in short sample size but we'll see if that needs to be it's going to dictate the matchup Davey has said it's going to the matchup's going to dictate if he's going to face a lot of levees coming up rogers will get the call obviously but you know he's not saving him for any particular situation just
2: yet and that explains why at uh, the beginning of the season well really throughout the first few weeks of the season Davey martinez has been hesitant to name anybody in any certain uh, role in this bullpen it's going to be continually fluctuating whether it's guys actually on this roster in the bullpen and then of course the positions and the roles that they're pitching in so it'll be interesting to see how it continues to evolve sam clay neither sam clay or perez were on the opening day roster so that kind of goes to show you that it's going to guys are going to be in and out of this bullpen
0: another name coming across the news desk over the last 24 hours or so jesse doherty of the washington post reporting that d strange gordon is on his way to meet the nationals in denver uh he probably will be activated before the series opener tuesday night out there in uh, colorado uh the nationals will have to make a move Uh, both on the active roster and 40-man roster. D-Strange Gordon Gordon was listed, we assume, on the COVID IL, which takes you off the 40-man roster. It was not confirmed that he was tested positive for COVID, but that's the assumption uh, because he was put on that IL that takes him off the 40-man. So there's going to be some roster moves probably coming out uh, later this afternoon in terms of de- activating d strange gordon which will also play a, f- a small factor in this conversation we have coming up with Luis mm-hmm. garcia
2: yeah that was gonna be my question because he's been listed on the 10 day il in which case they t- he's still on the 40 man which when i saw this tweet that's why i was a little bit confused but of course yes yeah. the assumption is that he went on the COVID il in which case he is removed from the 40 man so a move's gonna have to be you know be made to bring d strange gordon back up um but i think it'll be a good boost for this this infield that's kind of run thin with some injuries
0: yep well so
2: or outfield because he's listed right. as an outfielder so
0: he uses as an outfielder but we know davia using him as a utility guy can play all over the field has extensive experience in the mm-hmm. in the infield so he can play there which then now leads us into our main topic of conversation and that's luis garcia that's been the big question mark Surrounding this team, I think, over the last week or so, Um, when will we see Luis Garcia? It's been a hot topic amongst the media members I've had conversations with. Um, I know fans are asking for it too. Because you look at Luis Garcia, he has Major League experience, right? He's played in 110 games um, between 2020 and 2021 at the Major League level. Some success, you know, he's got 18 doubles, 2 triples, 6 homers, 22 RBIs. Um, uh, but I struck out 43 times in those 100 games. OPS of 680. So, substantial success. But in AAA this year, he's absolutely raking for the Rochester Red Wings. 337, 398, 596 is his slash line for a 994 OPS. Four doubles, two triples, five homers, 15 RBIs, nine walks to just 14 Ks. And then you look at the Major League roster, Amy, and you see... I'll see this Escobar and Lucius Fox really struggling. You have to wonder what what what's the holdup? Why is Luis Garcia not up? With the Nationals.
2: Exactly. I mean, Alcides Escobar is hitting 195 with a 469 OPS uh, with two airs at shortstop. And of course, the hope is that Luis Garcia is going to play shortstop uh, for the Nationals. That seems where the position that he's going to stick at. So I think the only, I mean, obviously the bat's there. And if you compare these two, why wouldn't you bring Luis Garcia up? I think the only concern is his defense he does have four airs in triple a rochester this year and i what mike rizzo says is they don't want to promote him and then you know he struggles defensively and then they have to demote him and that completely you know ruins his confidence but if Alcides Escobar is making errors, you've seen them, and if they're not errors, it's you know a lack of communication over on that side of the infield. Why not let Luis Garcia come up here? He's gonna hit, and maybe he stumbles defensively a little bit, but you know Alcides Escobar's 35 years old and a veteran. He's not the long-term answer for the Nationals, of course. So why not let your long-term answer, you know, up here and just kind of find his footing at the big league level?
0: I, that's my that's that's my question and point exactly. If you're gonna have subpar defense at a prime position at shortstop Mm -hmm. you might as well make it one of your top prospects um i know luis garcia technically is not a prospect anymore he graduated from that i think last year officially so he is i i I look at him and he's like you know that 4a guy right he's proving himself to be too good for triple a but maybe not entirely ready for the major leagues um and I agree with you. I, I I think I would take that production at the at the plate over the struggles he'll have in defense um, any day of the week right now, especially with the way the Nationals lineup was struggling. I know they had a really good weekend in San Francisco, mm-hmm. um, scoring double digit runs twice, but that you know that's a big ballpark. They ran into not the best pitchers that San Francisco had to offer, like we saw last weekend or the weekend prior. So. Whatever. Different factors are, are there. But I, I I would take Luis Garcia's production, or at least potential production, production at the plate and, and and suffer through his struggles in the field over whatever you're getting from Alcides Escobar. A 30... How old is Alcides?
2: 35.
0: A 35-year-old veteran who's not going to be here for the long term. And Lucius Fox, who was a waiver claim over the fall. Um, you know Luis Garcia... Is going to be a part of this team in the long-term future i'll see this escobar isn't going to be here probably too much longer after this year and lucius fox and you're only paying him what a million or two million this year mm-hmm. after we signing him in november and then lucius fox uh is a, is a nice young piece but he's only he's 24 years old uh you you can have him be in the minor leagues as, as opposed to luis garcia and, i would think right now yeah and
2: i totally get starting him at triple a and seeing how he does through the first you know few weeks of the season but he's proven himself I mean especially at the plate and I mean I know they say that there's been some questionable scoring as well that he probably would have a handful of more errors Uh, but they've been a little bit generous with their scoring but then they say he makes plays that you know you don't even see at the big league level that are so flashy and just you know makes your eyes go what um so why not you know let him come up Stumble a little bit because you know he's going to be there in the future. Uh, there's no sense in having just like you said, subpar defense and Alcides Escobar when, for what? Yeah. For what? For I almost what? think it's the bat is ten times as good right now. So put him in there, see what he can do, and you don't. You're not going to have to demote him in theory because he can't really do a whole lot worse than Alcides Escobar at this point.
0: Right, and I think so. Two things, I, I guess, to play devil's advocate. My two. Questions as to why, he or, or I guess possible solutions would be, one, like you mentioned, Mike Rizzo and Dave Martinez, they don't trust Luis Garcia right now at the major league level. Um, they don't trust him for the long term or like don't like, like the player. They just don't fully trust him to handle everyday reps at shortstop where they want him to play. Mm-hmm. He has been better at second base, but they want him to be the shortstop. They want him to be the heir apparent to Trey Turner at shortstop at the at, uh, the prime position in the infield for him. Um, and then two, is it a service time question? And I don't think it is. I, I, I've talked to other people around the organization and in the media. No one seems to think it's a service time thing. I think that's not even a problem right now mm-hmm. that the calendar has flipped to May um, and the way the new CBA has been constructed everything. So that's not an issue either. I, I know people have said, or oh, they're just waiting for him to come up so they can manipulate his service time. That's not a, an issue anymore, I don't think. So those kind of go out the window. I guess my point, I guess my argument, if I'm Mike Rizzo, or the way I see it as Bobby Blanco, to keeping <laughs> him down at AAA Rochester is I would, I'm cautious of a repeat of a Carter Keyboom situation in terms of bringing him up before he was ready, having him have an extended stay and really struggle and then never actually find his form. Now we don't know what the book isn't completely written on Carter Keebum, Obviously he's hurt. He hasn't played yet this year at the nationals could obviously hoping he returns and has a great year and career as a national. But as of right now, Carter keep has not been great. And I'm, I would bet that they're a little hesitant to do what they did to Carter keep with Luis Garcia and say, Hey, we saw what bringing him up and putting him in a position he's not comfortable with did to Carter, keep him in his mindset and his confidence. Let's not do that with Luis.
2: Yeah. And I will, I would, I mean, there's no sense in rushing kids, especially right now with the nationals, they're not winning games. There's no sense in rushing these kids and their development and, and, you know, putting them in the big league level before they're ready. But at the same time, it's a fine line between that and being careful with their development and blocking them. Mm -hmm. And it almost feels like with how, well Luis Garcia's producing at the plate and the lack thereof with Alcides Escobar it almost feels like you're blocking him right now with a veteran guy that's just his placeholder for the time being so it's it's a fine line um and confidence you know baseball is how much we're sentimental it's a lot to do with his confidence and you don't want to ruin that and, and rush him but he has played how many games already at the big league level so yeah, I, I do see your point there with Carter Keyboom and after, you know, seeing that all unfold and how much confidence they had in Carter Keyboom to see that all kind of fall apart over the last few years probably makes them a lot more hesitant.
0: <laughs> I, I think right also too when you're though just going back and forth is but when you're in this rebuilding phase, retooling phase, whatever they want to call it, you're looking to give these young guys as many opportunities to play as possible you need to see what they have and yes part of it is not rushing them you don't want to rush them but also part of it needs to be they have to play you know you have to see what you got i mean luis garcia is going to be up eventually right it's just a matter of right now we're seeing poor play at shortstop between Alcides escobar 35 year old veteran who's not going to be here very long and lucius fox who hasn't been in the organization except for a couple months and he just got his first hit two hits actually on sunday against the giants i mean it's just they both have negative mm-hmm. defensive run save numbers. Um, Luis Garcia, you mentioned the four errors at Rochester. I think we talked about him a couple weeks ago, and he was at four. So he hasn't committed an error since we They've just. They all come early. they yeah. all came early in the season. He seems to be doing a lot better at shortstop too, not just second base. He's playing a lot more short than second. Um, I know they, you know, he's better at second base, and you have Cesar Hernandez there. He's your second baseman, and they want him to be shortstop. So it, it kind of. But that's the, that's the thing. You know, it, it'd be one thing if they wanted um, Luis Garcia to play second base and you have Cesar it's Hernandez there. better for there. him right yeah. now. It's, yeah. why – I guess the, the big question is why would Escobar and Fox be blocking him? And look, it's looking like they are, one, not entirely confident he can handle every day at-bats and reps at shortstop at the major league level. And, two, um, they're not going to bring him up until he is, or they think he mm-hmm.
2: is. So Yeah. I think it just comes down to, just in my opinion, he's – Just let him get those same reps that he's getting at AAA at the big league level. It doesn't matter. They're not – I mean, of course they want to win games, but they're not. That's not the realistic goal. The realistic goal is developing these guys and developing your team that's going to be there two years from now. So, you know, let him get his footing at the big league level. Why not?
0: I I think I have more of a problem with – and this is nothing against Alcides, but Escobar being there. Again, 35 years old, not going to be here for long term. You you would hope, like, you know, picking up Fox over the – Off season, you know, all right. Here's a young piece that could possibly be, you know, depth for us, and and will be within the, um, not on the team, but or at least within the organization for a a long time. So, I could see it being Garcia. If you want to go through this the way they're doing it, I would say Garcia and Fox. But I could also see you want Escobar there to kind of help teach Garcia mm-hmm. because he's you know again 35 years old has played a lot of year. He's a former Gold Glover, I believe, at shortstop.
2: Yeah, um, and totally get why we started the season like this. Why Escobar's started the season at shortstop? Totally makes sense. Yeah. But it's just getting to a point where it doesn't make as much sense long term as you're heading you know deeper and deeper into the season. Yeah,
0: and the like we said, the roster crunch does not help. Garcia's case because now there's fewer roster spots to fill We mentioned D Strange Gordon possibly coming up and joining the team in Denver from Jesse Dougherty you know yes he's listed as an outfielder yes most of his reps have gotten become in the outfield mm-hmm. but uh, I, you know I think Davey also likes him having him as a backup infielder I mean right. he can play the infield if necessary I mean he's can he can pitch if necessary we've seen him do that uh, in Atlanta so I I think the the return of D. Strange Gordon is even going to prolong this wait for Luis Garcia because that's one more piece that Davey wants on the major league roster that can play, not necessarily specifically shortstop, but all over the field, and they would rather take that than bring up Luis.
2: Plus, at the end of the day, it helps keep your fans engaged. Bring up these guys, these young guys that you know. Are the future of the team that's who fans want to see so the sooner you can get those guys up when it's good for them and good for their development the better
0: speaking of the future of the team we're going to talk a little bit about nationals prospects including Luis Garcia and some other big name guys with Kyle Glazier of baseball America we caught up with him earlier today talk about the nationals farm system Back on the Mass and All Access podcast, now joined by Kyle Glazer, national writer for Baseball America, covering the top prospects across the country. Kyle, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: Amy and I just talked a lot about Luis Garcia and how he's raking at Rochester, while Alcides Escobar and Lucius Fox kind of struggle at the major league level. I know he's not technically a prospect anymore; he graduated last year. But what do you make of Luis Garcia's hot start at AAA, and uh, when do you think we could possibly see him at the major league level?
1: yeah it's really good to see you have to remember he's 21 years old it feels like he's been around for a while he got called up early and i think a lot of people kind of jump ship a little bit just because he struggled like he did and had to go back to AAA. a But realistically, for his age, this is the level he probably should be at. And we're seeing him just continue to grow into more strength, add some more power. He's always been a really good player who who doesn't strike out a lot, has a really nice feel for contact. Now we're seeing him get stronger and and the results are coming at the age you expect them to. I really do think it's only a matter of time before he comes back up to Washington. And I think now we'll see him possibly be ready to really get there and stay there and, and ultimately take over a starting spot now and for years to come.
2: Kyle, Cade Cavalli is obviously another big name in this organization and there's so much talk about his looming Major League debut. What have you seen from him so far this season and when do you think we can realistically see him up in Washington?
1: he has some of the best pure stuff in the minors it's explosive explosive stuff all the way around the one thing that has kind of been the issue dating back to his days in college was despite how his stuff ran on a radar gun it was always a little more hittable than you expected and we're seeing that now at AAA against some of the top level talent in the minors he struggled there last year he's actually struggling there so far this year as well uh the strikeout to walk ratio is not great so the stuff looks really good on a radar gun but he's still having to figure out how to pitch a little bit how to hit his spots how to stay in the on and throw consistent quality strikes and that's just part of the natural development path uh, but he still needs to take it so I don't think his debut is coming in the next week or two by any means unless a bunch of injuries hit I do think that as he makes progress throughout the year there's a very good chance we do see him at some point during the year but there are some steps he still needs to take he's not majorly ready quite yet
0: Brady House of course last year was the Nationals first round pick in the draft at number 11 overall he is slugging this year to start uh, at uh, Fredericksburg with the P- Fred Nats. Uh, what do you make of his natural power and, uh, and talent at the, so far to start his pro career? And how fast can he rise through these uh, nationals ranks throughout the minor league system?
1: he's been incredibly impressive i highlighted him in spring training as a prospect scouts were very very high on there was never any doubt about his power he had some of the best power in his draft class there were just some questions about how much contact he would make and that's the case for a lot of high school draftees it's a huge jump going from high school to professional baseball Uh, but he's answered them pretty loudly and now you really don't find any doubts about his bat whatsoever in terms of where he's going to play it probably is more third base than shortstop but again with how much offense he projects to produce it's not going to matter he has a chance to be a standout and in terms of timeline this is still a very 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 young kid who's in low A. Um, this is still probably a two to three year development timeline assuming no injuries or anything goes wrong so it's not like he'll be up next year by any means but uh, he's one of the more promising homegrown position player prospects the nationals have had in some time
2: Are there any other Nationals top prospects that have really stood out to you so far this minor league season? And is there anybody else that you think could make their debut in 2022?
1: You know, there isn't really an obvious candidate. And that's one of the things with this national system. It's getting better. They added a lot of guys to the trade deadline last year. They certainly have made their system better over the last year, but it's still not a particularly deep system. You've really got the guys at the top, you know, maybe a couple guys, if they do come up, it'll be more of a contributor role as opposed to a true impact player. So, um, I would say you know Cavalli really is the guy who has the biggest chance to make an impact when he comes up. I think other players who come up, it'll be more of a, a bench roll up and down type of situation.
0: Back to uh, Brady House, just for a quick second, you did touch kind of touch on his play at shortstop. Is shortstop the long-term solution for him? I know he says he wants to play shortstop as in his professional career. The Nationals are maybe thinking third base. Where do you see Brady House playing in the field long-term?
1: A lot of it's going to depend on how he develops physically. Again, this is a very young kid with a lot of physical development left. We have seen some players who you project to get too big to play a shortstop and move to third base actually keep kind of their sleek frame. Fernando Tatis Jr. is a great example. In low A, a lot of people thought he'd have to move to third base, but he was able to keep his frame and stay at short. So it really is just going to depend on on how Brady House's physical development goes. The overall consensus is he probably will end up at third base, um, but we'll see. It's really just going to be up to him and, and how he develops his body.
2: Looking forward to this year's draft, the Nationals have the number five overall pick. Are there any names you're hearing of potential guys that the Nationals are targeting there at number five?
1: it's still a little early to you know dial in on one or two guys that teams are targeting we're still 10 weeks out from the draft this is still the time when teams are still making their runs making sure they're seeing everybody um there's a very kind of clear-cut top three or four prospects in this year's draft and then starting around you know pick number five it starts to open up a little bit so the nationals are going to have a, a lot of candidates to choose from um, there's some really really good high school position players up the middle uh, there's some interesting college hitters so it's definitely is more of a position player heavy class and i think the expectation is most of the top teams in the top 10 will probably go position player but in terms of specifically who teams are still going through the their scouting work right now and it's too early to tie any one team to any one player uh right now
0: well we know the nationals have the number five pick this year because of how their season went last year of course the sell-off at the deadline Uh, netting a lot of prospects in return we've seen Josiah Gray and KB Ruiz at the major league level what do you make of the other prospects the Nationals got back I know we're a couple of weeks into this year uh, minor league season have you have any of them stuck out to you in terms of maybe upping their value in terms of the Nationals return
1: I mean, I think you don't want to go too crazy off of three weeks to start a minor league season, but I, I will say, you know, one prospect they acquire that a lot of people think highly of is Aldo Ramirez who they acquired from the Red Sox for Kyle Schwarber at the deadline. Um, he's someone that that people think has a chance to emerge as kind of a solid back rotation starter and every good playoff team needs that. It's not just about having two horses at the front. You have to have a good rotation one through five and at least one through four. So, he's someone that's kind of maybe not a big name prospect that was acquired that, that ha- does have a chance to impact the Nationals in a fairly significant way in the coming years
0: well kyle we thank you so much for your joining the podcast at kyle a glazer on twitter of course baseball america national writer for nationals prospects and prospects across the country really appreciate the time
1: my pleasure thanks for having me guys
0: our thanks to kyle glazer of baseball america for joining the show great insight on the nationals top prospects and of course their minor league Farm system. And thanks to you guys for tuning in live on the Mass Nationals Facebook page and YouTube channel. Be sure to catch the Mass and All Access podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you get podcasts. You can get the Mass and All Access podcast, which is presented by Northern Virginia Community College. Nova makes college better. Learn more at boldlynova.com. At Amy Jennings News. For Amy, I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco on Twitter. Give us a follow at Mass and Nationals across the board. Thanks to Brenton Mortensen for producing the show behind the scenes. We'll be back next week with more. Nationals coverage on the Mass and All Access podcast. See you then.